Hi, and welcome back to the monthly podcast series for Transformational Insights, looking at the transformational changes that are reshaping our industries today. My name is Faith Forster. I'm the founder of Pinapa, an engagement tool to enable business transformation. Today, we'll be talking with Stowe Boyd, who's a futurist, researcher, and analyst, looking at the future of work and how tech is reshaping our organizations. He's also the managing director of Giga OM. So thank you very much for joining us today, Stowe. Uh, let's start by asking, what is a futurist? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, the way I characterize it, it's not being a gypsy fortune teller, which is what some people think it is about prediction. My work as a futurist is to help other people think systematically or structurally about the future or possible futures. So it's not, I'm not looking at a crystal ball. I'm not saying this is going to happen in 11 years with 100% certainty. But I help people pose questions, and my job is not to give them the answer, but to help them ask better questions. So you talk about looking at some of the tectonic forces that are driving the future of work. Can you talk to us about what are some of those forces? Yeah, actually, in, in the session I, I did not too long ago, I had talked about some of the deeper aspects of the mobility trend. So mobility, enormous trend, uh, lots and lots of people have, on a personal level, changed how they connect with their friends, uh, you know, interact with media, what they do when they're waiting for a bus. But more importantly, or relative to the, the world of, of business, we've had a number of aspects of that trend that have been, that have already started, but are going to have even larger impacts in the future. One of the ones I write about is the incommunicados, that is the people in today's workforce who have mobile devices and now can be communicated with, whereas until quite recently, uh, the company would communicate with those workers by putting a notice in their pay envelope or putting up, you know, some announcement on the cork board in the canteen. And as a result, it's a quite different setup. One of the immediate impacts is, the, you know, a, a retail chain can say, send a message to all the employees that work at a particular department store saying, don't come to work, we've had a pipe burst and the building will be closed today. And as a result, those people aren't in the situation of coming all the way to work or, or trying to call them all on the, you know, their home phone numbers like people do in the past. So that's a major change and also provides a mechanism for those workers like two shift workers at a restaurant can actually swap shifts and it's done in such a way that the, the managers know about it, not just something that's informal done, you know, uh, passing in the corridor or something. So those kinds of changes are really major, especially when you think about how many people are involved. You know, it's hundreds of millions of people who are in that category, people that work for companies until quite recently could not be communicated with reliably in a deterministic way. But now they can, a company can send out a notice to people saying, read this document by the end of the month and they can be certain that the people actually read it, not just check a little box saying, I said I read it, but they can actually see that they're scrolling the document in, in a way that would suggest they actually did. So these things are very significant. That's only one example this, you know, of the impact of mobility in the business context. In almost every one of these trends, you could pull it out to the side and you know, get nine threads of things that are very important. So one of the things that's important is that companies spend the time thinking through these various scenarios and then making forecasts about how things might change in the next few years so they can in fact rehearse the future, rehearse their responses to hypothetical futures 
and not be blindsided by them. So how is this affecting the way that we think about organizations and the way that we engage in the workplace? Well, I I made the, the sort of bold statement at the beginning of my talk today that, in fact, the concept, which is pervasive in business today, that organizations are something that can be designed like a bowling ball or a a wristwatch, it's really, it's a collective madness. Um, The reality is, as were said by many of the participants today, the great majority of efforts to change organizations, to change the structure of organizations, how organizations work, what organizations think is important, they fail. Because in fact, organizations can't be designed, crafted like a wristwatch or a television set. Um, Instead, if you look at history of major changes in organizations at the large scale, that is, organizational principles, not just what happens inside of one company, the great majority of the changes that have occurred in the past were the outcome of new communication technologies being adopted, in most cases societally first, and then were adopted or brought kicking and screaming um, into organizations. So things like the telegraph, writing, well, you go back far enough in time, but more recently, things like the telephone, now mobile devices, computers, and then when you get closer and closer to fine-grained, things like instant messaging. As an example, uh, instant messaging was the first technology brought into the business by individuals rather than being adopted by management. And it was because individuals, people aren't dumb, they're smart, they know instant messaging works, they know how to use it. And business people, in particular salespeople, wanted to use it as a means to communicate with their clients. And so they brought it in. It was the first example of rogue technology and uh, had a huge impact on uh, the way business is conducted. And although people aren't using necessarily AIM today or whatever IM client they used years ago, the ideas of instant messaging underlie so many things, but are at core the things that are leading to adoptions like Slack today. That's where real change in organizational structure comes from. It's when people shift from one model of communication to another, and then the organization reshapes itself to match it. The classic example, one that's had probably the biggest impact, is the adoption of email that led to um, either implicitly or explicitly re-engineering the firm. And in most large companies, five or six levels of middle management were eliminated uh, as a a consequence of the adoption of email. So we, we don't even remember how many layers of management companies had prior to email, but uh, it was astonishing. So if you think about things like fintech, do you think there's a role for organizations to play in actually driving innovation in technology and introducing new concepts, or or do you think they will always lag behind consumer technology? There's only been a couple of examples of things you could consider communication tools that started in the business context and then you know, had an impact on the business. The great majority, the overwhelming majority, you know, 99% of the examples you can come up with are things that happened outside the business or societally and then seeped into or were dragged into business. There's a few examples to the contrary. The things like uh, if you think of CRM as being a mechanism that people use to communicate about sales, and relationships with customers inside the business. That's one counterexample, but there aren't many where you could think of something as being general, not just you know a very narrow uh, thing that was used by some group. So there aren't very many examples. So, the, so I would say, hypothetically anyway, or with relatively high confidence, I don't expect that anything currently in the works 
that people are using in a small way inside of the business world is going to have anything like the impact that we've seen the adoption of smartphones or uh, video conferencing, for example. So let's um, shift gears a little bit and talk about you know, what is it that you're working on at the moment with the Futures Work Futures Institute? Well, it's a bald-faced attempt to uh, convince people to ask me and my friends for help. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, last year, I, I bumped into a guy who I had read his work, but I had never met him, a guy named Greg Lindsay. He's written a lot for like Atlantic and Wired Magazine. And then we bumped into each other again a couple of weeks ago. And um, we said, you know, despite the fact that I would never join a club that would have me as a member, it would be different if I was actually starting the club. So we decided that we were going to try to put together a kind of a informal, loose think tank of people like us who are spending a great deal of our time, or maybe the majority of our time, thinking about the future of work. And so this is sort of like extracurricular in a way. It's not my day job. But on the other hand, if you don't belong to something like that and you know, interact and mix with like-minded fanatics, uh, just looking at your day job every every day, you'll just you'll get stale. So we're we're planning to operate it kind of as a think tank that will come up with some projects. We'll probably try to get things sponsored by people so that we can you know, do something relatively large. So one of the things we've been talking about is uh, doing a Pew-style canvassing of people that we think are really smart about these issues and then coming up with, you know, regular reports on, on facets of it. And uh, so that'll be fun. So we'll, you know, we'll identify 100 smart people, not like the Pew's 13,000 smart people, but then send out a bunch of questions and try to slice it and dice it and see what it means. And so that's, um, that's going to be a fun project. And, you know, we're, we're trying to bring in other, as I said, other like-minded people. Sounds very exciting. Thank you very much for joining us today, Stowe, and uh, sharing your insights. I hope you enjoyed another insightful podcast for Transformational Insights. Next month, we'll be talking to Mike Bracken, who led the digital agenda for the UK central government and is now Chief Digital Officer for the Co-op Group. So I hope you'll join us then. Mm-hmm.